millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When I say UFO, one of the first things that comes to mind is Area 51 and the Roswell incident. But can you believe this event is reaching its 75th anniversary? Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and this week we explore the infamous Roswell incident. This infamous UFO case started in 1947, where a rancher near Corona, New Mexico, discovered unidentifiable debris in his sheep pasture outside Roswell, New Mexico. Although officials from the local Air Force base asserted it was a crashed weather balloon, many people believe it was the remains of a flying saucer. Many to this day continue to visit the site and embrace the theory of a UFO. So, Let's go back to that day in 1947. Rancher Mac Brazel finds something unusual in his sheep pasture. Metallic sticks held together with tape, chunks of plastic and foil reflectors and scraps of heavy, glossy paper-like materials spread across a square mile of the ranch. Brazel called the sheriff as he wasn't sure what he'd found and the sheriff called officials at the nearby airbase who gathered the debris and whisked it off away in armoured trucks. On July the 8th, 1947, RAAF Public Information Officer Walter Hort issued a press release stating that personnel from the field's 509th Operations Group had recovered a flying disc, which had landed on a ranch near Roswell. Here is the rest of the press release. The many rumours regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office at the 509th Bomb Group of the 8th Air Force, Roswell Army Airfield, who was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through the cooperation of one of the local ranchers and the sheriff's office at Chavez County. The flying object landed on a ranch near Roswell sometime last week. Not having phone facilities, the rancher stored the disc until such time as he was able to contact the sheriff's office, who in turn notified Major Jesse A. Marcel of the 509th Bomb Group Intelligence Office. Action was immediately taken and the disc was picked up at the rancher's home. It was inspected at the Roswell Army Airfield and subsequently loaned by Major Marcel to higher headquarters. Decades later, Roswell radio announcer Frank Joyce recalled contacting the public information officer for the bomb group, First Lieutenant Walter Hort, by telephone to verify the release. Recalled Joyce, I said, Walter, don't run this story. If you do, you're going to be in trouble. They'll ship you out to Siberia. I remember mentioning that because that was a common phrase in those days. 
On July the 8th, RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell region was the top story in the Roswell Daily Record. But those who had seen the debris argued it was so advanced it must have come from an alien ship. The UFO believers became more prominent during the 1950s when the Air Force conducted a series of dummy drops over air bases, test ranges and unoccupied fields. These were designed to test how pilots could survive falls from high altitudes. Sent dummies with latex skin and aluminium bones hurtling towards the ground and then were retrieved as quickly as possible. But we'll pick up on this point later. Remember, this happened apparently during the 1950s. Sensational news reports made Roswell the centre of government conspiracies. People believed the government were covering up the truth. And these dummies that I've just mentioned, that when they were dropped, were suspicious too. People were convinced these dummies were extraterrestrials who were kidnapped and being experimented on by the government. You know, don't you, when something just doesn't sit right. You know when you gut, don't you, when something's off. And this is one of those times. There's too many people that are involved with the recovery of the crashed UFO. Why did the colonel give permission for the original press release, knowing that news of an unidentified crashed object would make headline news, especially as in that year over 300 UFO sightings had been reported? This one was different. This was near the USA's military airbrace. So why make it public? Then, of course, on exactly the same day, the military changed the whole story and General Ramey orders that the crashed remains be taken to him in Texas for his own inspection. They announced through the press that the remains are from a weather balloon. A little convenient, don't you think? Then, of course, there are the famous pictures uh, taken of army personnel looking at the remains of the so-called weather balloons in an office. I mean, come on, this smacks of a total panic and total cover-up. You can just hear them all swearing at each other, arguing and trying to come up with some kind of cover story. When interviewed in 1978 by a nuclear physicist and UFO researcher, Stanton Friedman, who knew something suspicious had happened back in Roswell all those years ago. After all, let's remember, enough time had passed now since the incident. They'd had their cover story. Everybody had forgotten about it. No one was talking about it anymore. They got their story straight. It was was a weather balloon. The US government and the military had thought the embarrassing find had gone away. But Friedman decided to start interviewing all the people who'd been involved with the crash. And when he spoke to Marcel, the man, if you remember, who was sent to inspect the crash site first, Friedman was blown away at what he hadn't said in his original statement. Marcel went on to say that the material like foil, was nothing that he had seen or felt before. He quotes, You couldn't bend it. Even a sledgehammer would bounce off it. I knew I'd never seen anything like that before. It was not anything from this earth. That I'm quite sure of. Being an intelligence officer, I was familiar with just about all materials used in aircraft or air travel. This was nothing like that. It could not have been an air balloon. So, what was this material? 
Apparently, according to Marcel, it was so light to hold. Extraordinary for something like that, not to be able to break with a hammer of all things or even bend. I mean, yeah, we were advanced scientifically, but were we that advanced? Back in 1947, were we really that advanced to be able to come up with a material that was so light to touch, lighter than foil, and yet wouldn't bend and wouldn't break? Friedman went on to interview more witnesses, both military and civilian, and in the end, he concluded that the military and the government had covered up a massive incident in Roswell in 1947. Remember, this is a nuclear physicist. This is a very, very intelligent scientist. Stanton Friedman said that they, being the military and the government, had covered it all up and describes it as a massive incident. He discovered that there had been many witnesses to the crash site. They had seen strange materials, the sighting of a possible spacecraft, and more alarmingly, get this, alien bodies found at the scene. In 1994, the US Air Force admitted that there had indeed been a cover-up, but not to hide an alien craft. It was to hide some top-secret work. This was called Project Mogul, an airborne monitoring system. Now, apparently, this was to detect any nuclear tests carried out by the Soviets. Remember, it was the Cold War. Everybody was terrified. America, oh, communism, the Soviets. It, it was really frightening. But the weird thing is, is that this Mogul project, the actual contraption did indeed look like an enormous weather balloon. So... Maybe there is evidence for the fact that this mogul that we talked about earlier on was real and maybe it had crashed. Maybe um, it wasn't an alien spacecraft. After all, it was a weather balloon. But remember, these dummies that were being dropped and this project of mogul was actually happening during the 1950s, remember. So, here we have the Air Force saying that, yes, there was a cover-up, but it's not what you all think. Aliens, don't be stupid. Look, here we have a weather balloon. It was built to protect us all. That's really quite a good cover-up, isn't it? But I don't believe it, do you? I suppose one could argue that these weather balloons were massive. I mean, they were enormous balloons that could look like a UFO. But what about the alien bodies that were allegedly found at the crash site? Apparently, in a report given by the US Air Force in the 90s, it detailed as to what the bodies were. In the 1950s, the Air Force, as we've already mentioned, were testing the effects of parachuting over the desert. According to the US Air Force, they used human-like dummies. The dummies had plastic skin and could be mistaken for alien bodies at the crash site. But this doesn't make sense at all. As I just mentioned, the original crash in Roswell happened in 1947, not the mid-50s. So thank you, US Air Force, but that doesn't make sense at all. Apparently, the witnesses, according to the powers that be, just got their years mixed up. Really? Oh my God. So you're telling me that people who witness small, four feet tall, distorted bodies with large fingers and swollen heads just imagined it? I think if you saw something that traumatic being taken away on a stretcher, you'd remember exactly where you were or what year it was. It was also discovered that years later, why this would happen 
I don't know, but all the files connecting to the Roswell incident had all been destroyed by persons unknown. Mm, Very suspicious, that. So, in total, it's believed there were about 600... I didn't believe I didn't think that there were that many witnesses to the Roswell incident but 600. Now, think of it as this way. If this had been an illegal act of some kind, if there was a huge court case and somebody uh, was guilty of a crime and 600 witnesses said guilty, 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 would you all still think that these witnesses were making everything up that they saw? 600 of them. I doubt it. I believe that a craft did crash and that the US Air Force tried desperately to cover it up. Just the description of the foil-like substance is enough to convince me. Do you believe in reincarnation and the possibility of past lives? Join me in our newest series of Yvette Investigates, where I undergo my own past life regression journey to find out who I was in a past life and how this impacts my life in the present. With help from Sal from Spacious Wings Therapies, join me as I explore the most important parts of my past life, meet the characters that were closest to me and work to restore peace to the person I used to be. You can hear things like this. Sounds like trust is important to you. Yes, it is very important. But I don't know who to trust anything. And this. They're making me... I don't want to sign this. No. But they're making me sign it. I feel I have to. But I know it's not right. It's making me quite upset, actually. You can access this brand new series at www.paranormalpod.co.uk. So don't walk, run! How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I can't help laugh at the explanation for the bodies that were recovered from the crash site. Some eyewitnesses did report seeing official vehicles, men taking stretchers down to the crash site and placing, get this, small people onto them, where they were then taken away. Now, this is interesting. According, I did a bit of digging, to an FBI report, this, I don't know what to think about this, but three alien craft crashed in the desert in Roswell and inside each craft there were three bodies. How bizarre that the FBI would write a report on this. What's all that about? And apparently you can find that report online. I had a quick skim through it and you can see the pages. Some of the words have been blanked out but how absolutely fascinating. Here's a quote from that FBI report. They were described as being circular in shape with raised centres, approximately 50 feet in diameter, obviously the craft. Each one was occupied by three bodies of human shape, but only three feet tall, dressed in a metallic cloth of a very fine texture. Each body was bandaged in a manner very similar to the blackout suits used by speed flyers and test pilots. But you see, then you have the other side of the coin, which is claims of alien bodies at the Roswell Army Airfield Hospital, because lots of people saw these bodies at the hospital, were most likely a combination of two separate incidents, says skeptics and officials at the US Air Force. And then you have an executive summary a 1956 KC-97 aircraft accident in which 11 Air Force members lost their lives and in 1959, a manned balloon mishap in which two Air Force pilots were injured. So what do you make of all the evidence that I've just pushed at you? I just think there's just too much inconsistencies. There's too many witnesses. How come so many people saw these bodies? The FBI report. There's just so much. And I know I have to listen to the sceptical side of it. And of course, that's what you do. But when you have an eminent scientist also not happy with any of the findings and throwing his light on it, saying that it was a massive cover up by the government's the Air Force, I have to say, I agree. Now, our guest this week joins us to share his experiences at the 75th anniversary of the Roswell incident. 
So Nick, we're all very excited here. Tell us, what was it like when you went to Roswell to help celebrate with the 75th anniversary? Well, it was amazing. I think this was my third or fourth time in Roswell. I was there for the 50th anniversary, actually. So a lot of things have happened, of course, a lot of water under the bridge between now and then. And with the UFO topic, so under the media spotlight at the moment with hearings in Congress and uh, everything that's come with that, uh, this this time was special. And I think there, there really was a feeling that, first of all, here we were at the literal ground zero of the modern UFO mystery. But secondly, we were, we were pushing on a door that is now partially open. And it's just a question I think people were thinking, well, let's just kick it in and go through. <laughs> Who did you meet there? You must have sat down and, and, and chatted to some very interesting people. I'm being very nosy now. Well, yeah. Now, Roswell is a, a really interesting uh, city, and, and it can be quite confusing for the people who, who attend these events because there are lots of different uh, players involved. The city of Roswell organize a sort of overarching festival, which includes uh, UFO events, but there is also uh, sci-fi conferences. I think there's uh, Galacticon is in there. So you'll be, you'll be having serious talks about US Navy encounters with UFOs and, and what's going on with congressional scrutiny. And next moment, somebody walks past dressed as, as a predator or, or someone out <laughs> of Star Wars or something like that. Uh, no. So it's, it's an interesting mix of serious stuff, but fun stuff too. And so, so there's that. But then there are two separate UFO conferences, so to speak. There's one organized by the local newspaper, the, the iconic Roswell Daily Record that, of course, had that famous front page headline uh, that, that everyone always shows. And then there's a UFO museum as well. So everyone's, everyone's kind of got their own event. But uh, to answer your question about the, the most interesting person who I sort of sat down and had a chat with, I, I guess I, he's the man at the moment right now, I suppose, Luis Elizondo, the, the former intelligence officer who ran the, the Pentagon's UFO program. Now, he was, he was at the museum's event. And I was at the uh, Roswell Daily Records event, but we were literally in adjoining rooms. So I think there was a sense of, should, should we be talking to each other? But no, it's all, <laughs> <laughs> but it was all, all friendly stuff. And uh, so, so he's always, of course, interesting to, to sit down with, because here's, here's someone who verifiably, like myself, has done this for the government, him in the US, me in the UK. So there are, there are differences, but similarities. So that's always interesting. Lots of other people there. Uh, ben Hansen, a former FBI agent uh, turned, turned TV host who, who does a lot of programs. Melissa Tittle, she does a lot of stuff. Caroline Corey, she's just produced an amazing film. Well, produced, directed, written, amazing film. Uh, called uh, Tear in the Sky, uh, that's getting a lot of traction. I think Joe Rogan mentioned it the other day. Uh, so it's so many interesting people. Mark D'Antonio, he's um, a, an astronomer who does a lot of the mutual UFO networks, video and photography analysis. Mike Barra, he's another of the regulars on ancient aliens. So uh, lots of 
old friends and lots of new ones too, just, just wandering around talking to people. Come on now, dish the dirt. What was told? What, what did you talk about? You know, this is what we want to know. Well, I'm going to have to disappoint you here because oh, of course anyone... Oh, sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's... But you know the way it goes. All of the, the folks who've done this from the inside are all bound by by security yeah. and and non-disclosure agreements and all of that and literally if if we were to divulge classified information there would be a knock on the door i'm not kidding there would be a knock on the door wow. and uh, two people would turn up and smartly dressed you know flash their ids and um, you know mr pope will you please come with us so everything everything has to be at an unclassified level at these public events it's just right. you, you know that doesn't mean it's not that it isn't fascinating it is and and i think people people can give a sort of insider's perspective that you won't get elsewhere but you won't get and and there's no no way around this. You won't get the the sort of conspiratorial lean forward. Now, let me tell you about the aliens. Mm. It's more, I think, giving people confirmation that this isn't just media spin and hype, that we really are onto something here. And when we've got all these pilots and radar operators and intelligence community personnel uh, speaking out and former presidents and former directors of national intelligence and senators and congressional representatives, it's not, it's not all just happening randomly. There, there is, there is a, something happening here. And the fact that NASA are now in the game and, and in a few days' time, we got the first images from James Webb Space Telescope. Everything's coming together. So do you think, I mean, I know we touched on this last time we spoke. Do you think that, I don't know, in a year, maybe six months' time, do you think there's going to be some kind of, because you, you, you're going to get a feeling, you're going to feel, pick up on the atmosphere of when you when you were at Roswell and you, you're meeting all these people who you've just described. Do you think something is going to present itself? Something is going to make world headline news because we're it's weird, isn't it? Like you said, we're building up to something. We're building up to what is it? What are we building up to? I can't really answer that. I mean, I think I, I absolutely don't rule out some sort of definitive moment where when we write up the history of this, we'll be able to look back and say, that was the day. That was the announcement. That was the, that's where the line is. That's the before and that's the after. I don't rule that out, but I think just my experience of doing this for the government and just government more generally, I think, I think it's going to be a little bit more subtle and nuanced. And I think it's going to be more a case of we look back one day and we think it's kind of happened. It, it's happened in a way that we didn't even notice because people are clever at that sort of stuff. You slip out a bit here, a bit there, and then you look back. And even if there isn't one definitive thing, you suddenly realize that you're living in almost like a post-disclosure world. And it may never be, it may never be absolutely 100% there it is, because it may be more, more abstract and, and surreal and bizarre and, and such like. But, but I think there might be a day when we look back and say, yeah, I'm, I think it's pretty much accepted that we're not alone. And like I say, it's, it's not necessarily a case of because there are the aliens, but I think it might be there are the documents, there's the testimony, there are the films, there's the videos, here's some data from, from the telescopes, and this might be indicative of a civilization out there, you know, a so-called techno 
signature, even if you can't quite see it. You, you know, it's the old saying, I, I don't know what it is, but I'll know it when I see it. That, that kind of sense that, that, okay, it's now a done deal. I've got you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that's more than likely what's going to happen. But Nick, let me take you back 75 years. Let's go back to the very beginning at Roswell. Now, do you believe that the reports of these bodies that were discovered of aliens and there are witnesses that say that they saw these they describe these these bodies as being three foot tall. They were put on on stretchers and, and taken away. Do you think there's enough evidence? Do you think there was enough witnesses, enough, enough testimony to believe that there were actually alien bodies? Because when I went through the whole Roswell, because really that's what we're talking about, that, you know, you've just come back from this amazing event, uh, the 75th anniversary. You know, we, we know about the weather balloon. We know about the history. We know about all the people that were involved and an awful lot of people involved. But for me, the fact that people say that they saw these bodies of aliens just completely gobsmacks me. I just think that's absolutely incredible. What do you think to that? Yeah, it's, it's difficult. There's not much gray area with this one, if you'll excuse the pun. I was going to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, you've got people like um, uh, Glenn Dennis, who was the mortician there for, for years. His story was that uh, he got a call and they told him to prepare, I think, uh, I think three or four child-sized coffins and he, he was, you know, he was visibly upset about it because he, he thought, you know, some children had been cracked, killed in, in some sort of accident or, or something, maybe at the, the military base. And, and then, of course, he discovered this completely different narrative. And there are other witnesses, too. There is uh, there's a bizarre story, which in one sense is even more surreal than than aliens which which is a theory that this was some sort of disinformation operation authorized by by the then soviet leader joseph stalin involving deformed children and some sort of crash of some long range aircraft made to you know deceive the united states into thinking i, I mean it's it's just it's just bizarre i don't know sometimes sometimes you get those sorts of stories and you think well either it's a completely made up or it's a cover story and and it's difficult because you know we can't when i mean glenn dennis was controversial as as was everyone who said that they saw bodies and some of the original witnesses like jesse marcel the intelligence officer who actually recovered the original wreckage he said he didn't see bodies but then if there's a crash sometimes something you know, comes in at a shallow angle, it, it hits the ground, there's some debris, it, it kind of flies again for, for a while and comes down again. And that's, that's why some people have talked about two crash sites, one with bodies, one without. I think that the thing is, 75 years on, we may never know. No, I don't think we ever will. But and, and again, you know, you get documents from the FBI basically saying that there were, you know, there was more than one aircraft. There were more than, you know, and three three aliens within each aircraft, which to me is extraordinary. And I suppose people look to people like yourselves, experts like yourselves, because we look to you and say, well, come on, 
you must know when they're pulling the wool over our eyes. You bloody did it for years. Come on. So that's why we're so interested in talking to you, because you can give us some sort of direction as which way to believe. Because there's so many witnesses, especially in Roswell. There's so many different stories and you want to believe. We really do, don't we? I think it's our sort of human makeup that there's more to, to this than uh, than just us you know, in this universe. We want to know that that there are other beings out there and where have they come from. And just the whole thing is so exciting. I mean, you you know more than anybody how exciting it is. I mean, you live it. Absolutely. What could be more exciting than than finding out that we're not alone in the universe? I mean, it really is one of those great sort of philosophical, existential questions. Although it might be kind of nebulous, it might be clear cut. The laws of physics do not prohibit another civilization emerging and either coming here or sending probes, just like we're beginning to send probes. You know, I mean, self-evidently, it's not against the laws of physics. If it was, we wouldn't be doing it. And yeah, the, the time scales are longer, but in a universe 14 billion years ahead of us, there are possibly civilizations out there with a billion years head start. Absolutely. And their technology, we just wouldn't be able to understand it or get our head around it. And that was the other thing about the Roswell incident that I absolutely loved was them describing this. It was like foil, but it wasn't like foil. And they they couldn't destroy it. They couldn't bend it. They could try hitting it with a hammer and they couldn't destroy it. And to me, I just think that sounds like some kind of material that was made, you know, millions and millions of of, of light years in the future. and, And we're just getting to see it, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, was it covered up? Was it hidden, you know, absolutely, I think it was. Jesse Marcel, who was the intelligence officer at the 509th bomb group, who actually did the original uh, recovery from from the Foster Ranch when when Mac Brazell found it. I don't know whether he was the one who dubbed the phrase, but he handled some of this. And, And the phrase has been used, memory metal. You could scrunch it up, as you say, and then it would almost like spring back to its original shape. And, and yet it was metal and absolutely incredibly tough. And yet had this bizarre quality to it. Very lightweight. As I say, you could scrunch it up and then it would, would spring back. So yeah, memory metal. And I heard this story from his son. I believe he was nine years old at, at the time. And what happened was that Jesse Marcel brought this. I mean, the distances were huge. People forget. I mean, the crash site was about 75 miles from Roswell Army Airfield, as it was. I mean, it's just vast distances. So, wow, that's a, yeah, it's a long way. Yeah. So yeah, he um, he brought some of this back, and you know, sometimes it's the little things that tell you how important something is and give you the clue. It's not necessarily. It doesn't sound like a smoking gun until you realize. Well, why would he have done that? And what Jesse Marcel did is he brought some of this material because he he couldn't just go back to the base because of the distances and the the time. Uh, So he he took some of the wreckage back to his house and then he he was going to, to get a few hours sleep there and then take it back to the base in the morning. But he woke his family up. He woke his wife and his child up and he with a with a bizarre kind of haunted expression on his face. He said to them, come and see this. And he showed them the memory metal. And he said, 
we've got this. He said, I can't tell you anything more. I, and I have to hand it in tomorrow, but I want you to see this because we don't live in the world that we thought we lived in. And, and it was, it was a very moving thing hearing it from his son. I mean, who's, who's now himself passed on, but, but hearing this story, how as a nine-year-old boy, his, his father woke them up and, and showed them this. And he said, from that day onwards, he said, I knew. It's that, that's an incredible story. And, and thank you for sharing that. So when you look at all the evidence and, and you, know, you know a lot more than most, what do you believe? What do you think, Nick? What do you think happened on that day? I wouldn't be surprised if something crashed. I mean, uh, you know, the idea of sending probes, perhaps, you know, I, I don't know where I stand on the bodies thing, but even if they looked biological, I wonder if they weren't post-biological. I mean, we're, by, according to some people, we're only 10, 20 years away from, from designing a humaniform robot that will be indistinguishable from a, you know, a human being. How scary is that? Yeah. It is a little scary. And I don't know whether you've been following the whole story of, of um, Blake Lemoyne, the Google engineer who's been placed on administrative leave. And, and he said that uh, one of Google's AI programs has become sentient and, and is now self-aware. I'm sorry, but I really do. I think it's absolutely frightening that these AIs are sentient. What the hell? Stop it right now. We don't know whether or not it is sentient uh, because how could we know whether it was sentient or just doing such a good job of mimicking sentience that you couldn't tell? But if you read the transcript of the interview between Blake and the other Google engineers and LaMDA, which is the name of the AI program. You take, you judge for yourself. I, I know I watched one where they asked the AI, are you more important than, than humans? And I don't know if you've seen this one, Nick, where, where it actually says, yes. Where I think this ties in with Roswell is that I'm still a little skeptical because of the distances and the difficulties and the dangers in terms of things like cosmic ray bursts of interstellar travel for biological life. But it's much more easy to conceive that, that an extraterrestrial civilization would design a, a, a robot in its own form or an, you know, with an AI program or, or just, just have AI, sentient AI controlled probes, maybe self-replicating. And it leads to the interesting possibility. Of course, this didn't exist in 1947, but it, it would be a factor now. Wouldn't it be more logical if we are in a largely or even partially post-biological universe that extraterrestrial AI programs, if they came to Earth, would not land on the White House lawn and say, take me to your leader, um, or number 10 and say, your leader, whoever that might be now. But uh, they, <laughs> yeah. they, would, they, would, um, they would want to talk to another AI program. So yes, yeah. you've got a fascinating situation. I think something to watch is, is the idea of um, extraterrestrial probes arriving on Earth and their AI wanting to talk to our AI. Because wouldn't you want to reach out to the thing most like yourself? 
Yes. And of course, that goes back to the, the whole thing with the Rendlesham and the binary code and, you know, all of that. You know, they'd need a computer to decode it or something. I don't know. I, I, I think that you're on the right track with that. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, the one other point is that you might be in a situation where all of these things are happening. I mean, just because there are visiting extraterrestrials doesn't rule out that there might be separately time travelers from the future. And maybe that explains why why some of these so-called aliens actually look humanoid. Maybe that's what we evolve into in, in a few hundred thousand or, or million years time. Um, I mean, if you think that the ape human split was somewhere between five to seven million years ago and anatomically modern humans have walked the earth for only two or 300,000 years, you know, project forward. There's no reason to suppose that we're just going to stay like this forever. So, so maybe that's something. There are one or two theoretical physicists. Uh, Ronald Mallet is, is one who comes to mind, who are doing research into time travel and who do think it, it might be possible. Uh, and who have said that you could send a message back through time using binary code, using subatomic particles with with a spin of either up or down, uh, which gives you one or zero, and you could send a message. And that's exactly what Jim Penniston from, from the Rendlesham Forest incident uh, said he got, a binary message. Yeah, has anything ever been done with that, with the, all those Earth coordinates? I mean, I, I know we touched on it last time we spoke, but I find that in, absolutely incredulous that we haven't heard anything else about that. Well, I think that, that Jim Penniston himself and um, a, a, an author who specializes in, in esoteric issues called um, Gary Osborne, they've been working on further books on the code, trying to go a lot deeper into it. I, I mean, there was a very rough decoding done in about 2010, uh, which said exploration of humanity, continuous for planetary advance, eyes of your eyes, origin year 8,100, and, and then gave those, those coordinates. Coordinates, which, yeah. yeah. The, the Great Pyramids, the Nazcar Lines. Hi, Brazil. And that, that, but I'm just wondering, I don't know, was there a date, you know, was there a date in there saying, you know, on this day, on this time, all those, you know, I don't know, are a load of aliens going to come down and land on those Earth coordinates? You know, what, what is it all for? Well, they did have that phrase, origin year 8,100. So that may or may not mean anything. But I mean, for those who believe that Rendlesham was time travel, they take that literally to mean we have come back from the year 8,100. Um, so I don't, I, I don't know what to make of that. And... And there's, there's no scientific evidence, of course, nor, nor would you expect there to be, because in a sense, you know, the very act of, I mean, we get into time travel paradoxes here, of course, but the very act of coming back changes things. So grandfather paradox and all that. But maybe if, if we're dealing with time travelers, then that's obviously one, one kind of reason why they wouldn't land on the, the White House lawn, because the disruption to the timeline then would be catastrophic, I w one would think. Absolutely. The way to look at that. Absolutely. I haven't even thought about that. It's been an act, you know, like I always say, we could talk to you all evening, get the wine out. Let's have a good old chatter. Uh, will you come back and talk again to us? Yes, absolutely. And I should just add one final postscript on, on my trip to Roswell. Um, 
a lot of a lot of media outlets were were there, and there was a lot of coverage. And I think again that just speaks to how this incident still captures the public imagination seventy five years on, and how UFOs have absolutely gone to fringe. Uh, from fringe to mainstream, and and I think the media presence there was was indicative of that. But oh, fascinating times for this subject for sure. Absolutely, and long may we continue to talk about them. Uh, Nick Pope, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure, and we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and a huge thanks to all our lovely listeners for sharing their visitation stories with us. You can get in touch and share your own stories at this address. It's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com or we're on WhatsApp and you can ring this number. I might even answer, you never know, 075-999-27537 and leave your lovely voice note for us explaining your experience with the paranormal. Uh, we're on Instagram. Instagram as well and our handle is at Paranormal Activity Pod. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early. Have a great week, everybody. Stay safe and I will see you same time, same place. And remember, things aren't always as they seem. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.